Okay, good morning everyone. We're so glad that you joined us today for screencasting. I'm Kim Case and I'm pleased to be here with my co-host Peggy George and Lorna Pesantini. And we're going to be talking about screencasting and some of the software programs and applications and websites that you can use to create screencasts. Each week we gather at the same time to discuss technology tools and issues. Our broadcast consists of a one-hour session that is recorded. The link to the full video, audio recording, and chat log will be posted to our Classroom 2.0 Live site. And that's at httplive.classroom20.com. The topic each week is posted on that website so that you can be prepared to share links, ideas, or tools and activities with screencasting or whatever the topic is of that week. We also have a newbie question of the week that's pre-announced so you can bring possible answers and solutions. And towards the end of the session, we have an open mic time to share new discoveries or highlights that you might have experienced the past week. At the end of the show, we hope that you'll share your highlight with us so, that, uh, so be thinking of something that you might like to share. Before we begin, I'd like to review some of the features that we'll be using today in Illuminate for those who are new to the Illuminate room. During today's sessions, we'll be asking poll questions. Um, to cast your vote, you'll use the check mark in the red X at the top of the window in the menu. You won't be marking anything on the whiteboard at that time. And I'll show more about that um, menu bar in just one second. Uh, below the participant window is a hand with a green arrow on it. If you would like to ask a question or share something or a comment in the session, then you would click on that to raise your hand. And then you'll be given the privileges uh, to use the microphone. Next to the hand are two emoticons, the applause symbol and a thumbs down symbol that you can use. In the far right is a blue door. If you need to step away from your computer, please click on the blue door, and then we'll know that you're not available or at your computer at that moment. Below those symbols is the chat window. If you would like to send a message to the room, you would type your message and then click the send button. To send, this, to, send to this room, make sure that the word this room is visible. Otherwise, it goes to a specific person or to the moderators. If you wanted to send a message to a specific person, then you would just click on that drop-down arrow and select their name. Or if you wanted to go to the moderators, you would do the same, uh, same thing. Moderators are able to see all private messages throughout the session. So keep that in mind when you're sending messages that they do not show up in the recording. In the bottom right is the button. To activate, I'm sorry, my dogs are barking. Sorry about that. Um, if you can't see the chat board, the chat or the whiteboard, and you'd like to resize the different windows, you can change the session and click on uh, layout. The layout, you would click on View in the top menu. The layout is locked, and then you would need to click on the Layout Locked option to unlock this feature. 
You can then drag the selected layout, uh, the desired layout is shown on the right, or you can change any of the, uh, to any, resize the windows is to any size that fits your screen or your preferences. In a moment, we'll be using the whiteboard tools and the laser pointer. And the laser pointer looks like the blue wand with the red sunburst at the end. And we'll be using that to mark on the uh, world map to indicate our locations. So what I'd like you to do now is to click on that laser pointer and then click on the world map, your location. And when you do that, you may have to drag the little sunburst style over to the right a little bit because it kind of um, lands to the left sometimes. And it's great to see so many people represented throughout the world on the world map. And we welcome everybody to the show today. We're so glad that you joined us. Now we're going to go ahead on to the poll questions and at the top of the window in the menu you're going to uh, be clicking on either the green check or the red X. You won't be using the slide, you'll be using the menu at the top. And also at the top if you're using the closed caption services or somebody that you know of, you can click on that blue CC and then you would uh, see the text that is being typed in uh, by our CC person, Tammy, today. She's doing our closed caption services. And so we welcome everybody that's using the closed caption services, and we thank Tammy for doing that for us. So on to the first poll question. Is have you ever made a screencast to use with your students? If you have, please click the green check. And if you have not, click the red X if you've ever made a screencast to use with your students. I'll give a few more seconds to vote, and then I'll show the results. Some of your students may be teachers if you're doing a faculty um, presentation or a workshop, so that would uh, count as well. And uh, let me show the results. And it looks like about 45% have not created one, and about 43% of the group has. So it's about half and half a good representation today. Let's go on to the next poll question. Is do you use screencasts with your students? If you do, whether you created it or not, then click the green check. If you don't use them, uh, tutorial videos with your students or faculty, then click the red X. And after today, I'm hoping that there'll be, if we were to ask this question, there'll be a lot more green checks since we've learned how to uh, use screencasts and great ideas. So let me get the results. And about 37 do not use screencasts with their students or have not. 
and about 45% have. So after today, I'm sure that number is going to grow because we're going to have Lorna talk about the fantastic ways of using green casting today. So we're going to talk about what is a screencast and how can I use screencast to support my teaching. And I'm going to pass the microphone over to Lorna, our very, very special guest and presenter today. And she's one of the co-hosts of Classroom 2.0 Live. So Lorna, take it away. Thanks very much, Kim. And I wanted to sort of make this very clear. I'm a presenter today. And I'm certainly not the expert because there's a classroom sold today of 83 people. And I heard about 50% of you screencast. So we're really looking forward to uh, the expertise who are joining us in the chat room to uh, supplement the presentation. And again, I'll start. What I'm going to do is go through tips, explanations, first of all, while with slideshows. If there's a question going comes to your mind, you can put it in the chat room. I'm very open to um, having you interrupt. So if, if you really want to add something, please don't feel uh, nervous about doing that. Just raise your hand and we'll give you the microphone because I really want this to be interactive as we go through the process. And when I've gone through the slideshow, I'm going to attempt to desktop share and show you some examples of um, screencasts that I've been actually working with and, and go for there. So having said that, we're going to start with the slideshow. So what is screencasting? And, and I think it has to be very clear that we are all stars in this process. And it's really one opportunity that um, we as the people on the street can use the tools to present ourselves, present our ideas, present our information in a way that's really user friendly. So to start off, everyone can use screencasting. They just need some uh, support and direction about how to do that. So. I've gotten into this discussion about what really is a screencast. And basically, it's a movie recording of your computer screen. But having said that, there's different points of view, whether it's just a screen recording of what's going on on the screen, or is actually a way to present information using your computer screen. And so I'd like to keep in mind that it can be a very inclusive way of uh, presenting information, because that's how I define screencasting, as opposed to just the word screen recording. And uh, I'll differentiate as we go through the uh, presentation. But you know, it, it can be a software demonstration, or it could be a, a narrated PowerPoint. Each one of these has their opportunity to present information. And what I want to emphasize throughout this presentation, it needs to be clear. And that's some of the goals I'd like to help you work through. How do you make that presentation clear with, uh, and visible with the tools that we have? Let's walk through some of the uses that you can have for a screencast. And um, tutorial comes out right uh, off the top of your head. How do you do something? And so having a screencast is a really easy way to walk through, OK, how do I create a blog? Um, today, how do I create all the different file formats? I mean, how to, how to, how to. That really is covered in a screencast. You know, and, and lots of people use um, screencast to demonstrate a product. If you look at some of the companies who give us recording software, Camtasia being one, ScreenFlow, Apple products, they all have a way of showing you how to use it to engage in using their products. So you're able to demonstrate something. Um, 
the other one, time saver here. Um, you may not think of yourself as tech support, but when you're working with your students or working with your teachers, you may not always have the opportunity to be in front of them. And this gives you an avenue to um, help someone. Um, where do I post this? How do I do that? Uh, giving the students instructions. So there's a great opportunity to be technical support when you're saying, OK, I need to know how to make uh, that particular program work for me to use it so we can walk through. Um, here's the drop down menu, those kinds of things. And the reason you really want to do that is because somebody could ask you this question two or three times, and, and you could be doing it over the phone. But if you have the screencast done, then you can actually present the information to them, providing that you, you may not have access to desktop sharing. So this is a really easy way to uh, help support uh, each other technically. And then we talk about training. You know, this is a really great tool to tr train people on different things. For example, if you wanted to train teachers on how to use Flickr and images in the classroom, you could actually do a screencast that walks through the process of step by step. You know, which site do I go to? Uh, what resource can they use? You know, what's Creative Commons? You can do a whole screencast kind of presentation that way. And then a lot of people um, use screencasts to sell things. So you know, we may, may not be in the technical, um, the training teaching piece in the classroom, but it's still a way to present information. And often that can be just uh, uh, selling the product as a screencast or um, showing how people are trained to do different things in their company. Another one you're, I'm sure you're really, really familiar with is explaining a concept. And uh, Common Craft is a really good way of making screencasts that show you, you know, what is RSS feeds, uh, what is Twitter, and, and so on. So um, if you haven't had a chance to look at Common Craft and their screencasts, I highly suggest it because there's a tremendous uh, a number of resources, especially in trying to explain Web 2.0 tools that are available for you in uh, using screencasts. I'll just get my thoughts around here for this for a second. So um, my next slide is, what do I actually need? And it, it's pretty basic. Um, you need the computer, of course. And you need a fairly good headset. But having said that, it doesn't have to be expensive. What I mean by good is usually uh, a USB headset is uh, better for the uh, sound transfer and the clarity of uh, your, your narrations. And then you need some kind of street screen recording software. You know, and I really didn't want to get into a lot of different applications at this time. I'm hoping that we'll have a sec few minutes later for you to put your your you know your best piece of software because I didn't really want to get into much of promoting one company over the other. I will demonstrate later what I'm comfortable with and what I found successful. But there's there's lots of things that are either free or um Commercial. Um, Jing is a really, you know, having said, I'm not going to mention them here. Jing is one that you can use freely. Cam Studio, you can use Windows Movie Maker. Some of these things are already built into your computer. Uh, QuickTime is another one. And we'll go through those uh, few things in a minute. But um, you've got the tools ready. Now, here's what I'd like to suggest to you is uh, a good approach to. Um, work you through creating your screencast. And at this time, I want to thank uh, Beth Cantor. And you'll see in the share tabs, there's a link to her wiki space about creating screencasts. And she has an excellent article um, that mirrored a lot of the things I really 
knew already, but she helped sort them out for me. So if you, you need to have a reference after this, go and take a, a look at the um, article that she's create, uh, written called Introduction to Screencasting, because she has a very comprehensive uh, uh, coverage of the topic. But I'd like to summarize some of the things that she uh, brought to us. And one of the things that you need to really do in the beginning is plan what you're going to do it. Now, there are some really good people that can walk up to the screen, have it all in their head, say a few words, and it's off, right? They can go. Uh, once in a while, I can do that. But um, if you're trying to be specific and teach a concept, it's really worthwhile planning what you're doing. The nice thing about um, off the cuff is that you are pretty natural, and it does tell everybody, said, well, you know, I can do this. You know, I can understand it. And you often feel like it's a conversation between uh, yourself and whoever's using the screencast. So there are some nice things about picking it up, turning on the software, and making it happen. Um, I can't do that. Um, I, I need to be specific. So what I do is, um, figure out which tools I'm going to use, uh, the software application. And I need to think about who is that I'm talking to. Who is the audience that uh, I want to address? Is it a training meeting? Um, I do a lot of work with adults, so the perspective I need to give to them um, is different than I would to an elementary or a secondary school student, because obviously what they're trying to learn is completely different. So, And I try to create a studio in which I'm going to work, and, and it's not always successful. I mean, I do work out of the home. My studio's here, and my dog barks. But if you could try and get yourself a quiet time, shut all the windows and doors, and turn off the phone, um, you're going to be less frustrated as you go through making your screencast. Once you plan, you need to organize yourself. And that's where the idea of using a storyboard and a script comes in. Um, you have lots of opportunities to get yourself mixed up, upset, and frustrated if you don't take these few steps in the beginning and plot out what it is you want to do. And we, there's, a, again, a resource for a sample storyboard in our share tabs that you can go through. But if you just think through this, I need to have a title, the beginning, I need to have the ends and the credits. So that sort of helps you focus in, oh, these are all the ideas, because I have to give credit to those people as I walk through this. So in the middle, you can chop up the steps, but give yourself a storyboard and get yourself ready to go. It'll save you a lot of uh, time. And if you're going to demonstrate, say, different websites or different pieces in a specific website, I'm suggesting that you uh, set up a set of tabs in your web browser so that instead of having to wait for the time for everything to load up, you can just switch your tabs and everything will be ready for you, which is another time saver. And as I show you what I'm going to do just doing the desktop, I find it gives me clarity because I, it jogs my mind and reminds me what I'm about to do. So that's organizing yourself. And I'm just fooling with my window here. Sorry, I got distracted for a second. You need to record. You need to record the the screen because that's what all it was all about. This is the important piece of um, putting it together. I said a, a few minutes ago the difference between natural speech and formal speech. That um, you have to make a decision about exactly how you're going to present this. And there's sort of a balance here because it, you know when you start getting into the formal part, you think you should be absolutely perfect and you can drive yourself a little crazy with the perfect part um, just because 
you, you want it to look really good. You want to look really professional. And uh, that's understandable, but at some point you have to let go. And I've had to teach myself that. Um, you know, you have to recognize that um, you're going to take a breath. Anything can happen while you're making the screencast. So, um, again, you're all organized. Everything's ready to go. One piece of advice I'd really like to put forward to you is in your mind, can I cut up what I'm going to do into very small pieces? And there's some very good reasons to do that. Um, first of all, it doesn't take you long to mess up and get it organized and do it again. But the person who's the user and the recipient of your screencast has, well, three different things going on in their head. First, they have to listen to you. Then they have to absorb it and they need to be interested in what you're doing. And I find if you go past the two-minute mark, which I've done, um, people tend to lose interest in what it is you're saying. So it doesn't mean that you don't have to um, go through a, maybe a 10-minute presentation, but you should do it in two-minute clips. And I think we just uh, saw Thomas, because uh, I can't say his last name who presented for us with the Moodle last week. He has a two-minute tutorials on using Moodle. And they're quick and they're fast. And you can choose which piece of the presentation that you want to use. So it's a really good tool to think about um, doing them in small sections. The other part of doing it in small sections, your file size are smaller. So it's easier to upload and, and work with them. So that's a good reason to keep your uh, clips short. Another piece of advice that I have about actually making the screencast is that you record everything on the screen while you're narrating, but don't record your narration. And that really will help you because you start to fumble. And how many times have you stopped because you said the wrong word? So you have a chance to get all your uh, video in place, and then you can start narrating, narrating it as we go through. On this screen right here, this window is a Mac application called ScreenFlow. And I'm really happy that I have it. I've used other products. But because I'm on a Mac, life gets very, very easy because I can use this product. I can treat it just like uh, Windows Media Player and specifically in the Mac size iMovie. I can delete the narration. I can put in all kinds of uh, um, can't think features, different sounds, and so on. But I can just copy, paste, cut it all up, and use it. I can um, add the colors. So that's what I was trying to think of using this particular program. And so I've been very happy with the products that it produces and, and why I've really gone to this piece on the, on, the, on the Mac size is the resolution of the pictures that when you're finished, of course, you can change a different uh, uh, formats and, and resolution as you walk through it. But I find if I keep the resolution high, the production online is really important. So, and, and that's a key thing I talked about in the beginning. It needs to be visible. And so some of the things you need to work through in your head is that um, do I have a screencast where I have the mouse going over and I have some conversation, but I really can't see what's going on in the screen. So I'm going to give you options in a few minutes about how to handle that. But I really love this program. I, on the PC side, before I got to uh, moving over to my Mac, I used Camtasia a, a lot. And I know its features are, have, are very good. I haven't worked with it for a while. So maybe someone in the, in the chat room is going to give me a response to how Camtasia is working. But these are paid 
um, pieces of software. And if you're going to do professional screencast, it is worth the amount of money that you put into buying these pieces of software. Um, if money isn't one of those things you can use, there's other solutions that we're going to show you in a few minutes what those can be. So after we've actually, okay, we plan, we organize, record, then you have to figure out what to do with this particular file. And uh, there's several different file formats that you're going to have to worry about. Some programs, Jing, Camtasia, just publish all, it's all done. You don't have to worry about knowing what an FLV is and a movie and MPEG-4. You don't have to know those kinds of things. If you're getting to a professional presentation, maybe you're want, going to want to know how to do that. And I'll demonstrate that again uh, in a few minutes. So, um, Talking about formatting. Remember we talked about the two-minute pieces? When you go to publish um, on the internet your screencast, the, there's restrictions. How big can that file be? Because some hostings will not let you put more than 10 minutes or a 100 MB file. So you have to pay attention to, to that particular piece. And you'll have to be worrying about when you display it, how big is it going to be on the screen? I'm sure you've all watched a YouTube video and uh, done it full screen and you can't see it. So there's some really good tips that you can use um, to make that happen. So I've talked about seeing it. Um, let's talk about publishing it. And that's where is it going to go and what are you going to use it for? I'm sorry, I can't remember what my slides were. Just let me see where I've got to. That was the slide I had about file size. I have to move on to where you're going to put yourself. Um, are you going to use it in a blog? Are you going to put it into a Moodle? Is it a static website? Are you going to host it with one of the free applications online? So let's go back again. When you're making the screencast, you sort of have to have an idea which one of them are you going to, to use because some file formats behave differently on different hosting solutions. So um, if you're going to put it in a blog, there's a couple of ways to do that, and that's to embed it and um, or use the FLV player, which we'll demonstrate it again. Um, so those are the kind of things you need to have in your head. Plan, organize, record, publish, and then put it online. Having said that, we're about 12.29. I've organized. I'm going to try and screen share the different um, screencasts I've done. I don't know how successful this is going to happen and whether I can actually uh, play with them. But let me um, go to screen share. And uh, Kim or Peggy, you can tell me if it's working or it's not working. And it's not working because it's not showing me the applications that I want. Not good, folks. Give me a second here. And I'm being quiet because it's not giving me what I want. Oh, here we go. So you should be seeing the the um, one of the pages in classroom two zero. Is that right, Peggy? Kim, is that what you're seeing? Just let me know, please. 
Okay, we're not doing that. Are we sharing yet? Yes, okay, we're sharing. Good, that's fine. Um, let me start out here about the kinds of things that um, we've used in Classroom 2.0 to give you a sense of what we're doing. And this is a um, screencast I did to walk through how to use um, Screenweaver. So again, you know, and I need to do this audibly. Kim, could you hear the the recording play? Because I can't see the chat room while I'm demonstrating here. Just let me know. We can hear it, but we can't. Um, it's not as loud as like so we can understand it. Right. Okay. But we well, could hear that there was audio. Right. Okay. So this is an example of me creating a uh, screencast, and I put it into an an FLV file when it was, um, you know, I'm ahead of myself. Is everybody going to forgive me and let me change uh, what I'm showing you? So I need to stop the screen sharing and change my application. So I'll just be a second while I do this. Okie dokie. It should be on my desktop again. And seeing a quick time movie. Is that working for you, Kim? Can you see that? Absolutely. Okay. So I use QuickTime Pro. I think it's about $30 because it has some really good things. You can record audio and video with it. But you can use it for exporting files. So you, you can, you can go create screencasts with QuickTime Pro? Actually, no, you can't, but oh, I don't okay. think you can. You I'm just saying that's, that's one of the... Right, I'm going to show you in a second. The reason I use, I pick QuickTime Pro is that it's multifaceted. I can do several things with it. But you can export files. And I found a couple of really good things that happened. I used iMovie, and I needed to, com to convert it to a Flash file. And it was not able to do it. But I did find out if I had QuickTime Pro, I had all kinds of conversion opportunities for me. So you can publish it straight to the web by exporting to the web. And here's the, the options that you have in your iPhone, your desktop, um, and your cell phone. That's one quick way you can export out of that QuickTime player. The other thing is plain exporting here. And I want to show you the different ways and the different options because I talked about file formats a minute ago. So using QuickTime Pro, you can export. And let's look at all the different ways you can export that file. And so you can go to MPG4. Um, you can go to uh, a hinted movie it was, if it was streamed, um, Apple TV, and a QuickTime movie. And I'm going to go to creating a Flash video file so I can show you what the options are when we talked about different formats and sizes. So if you are using um, this particular piece of software, you are able to um, take a look at what size of uh, video you're going to make in it. So you can actually um, 
choose here? Is it a um, 320 pixels by 240, or is it 640 by 480? This is the option that you can use here. You can also talk about um, what they call encoding the audio, and this is not the screen. Um, want to find the spot where you can specifically talk about your audio and SDY. And it's not shown up for me where I'd like it to be. The one point I wanted to make out here, the window that I'm looking for is not showing for me and you know, forgive me, I can't find it right now. I just want to point out something to you that I found over, over practicing is when you get to a larger um, movie styles. I thought I was making these movies and putting them up and everyone said, well, they stopped playing in the middle. And I could not figure out what it was until I searched on Google and found out you need to change your audio to mono because it makes the file size smaller and you're able to maintain the audio throughout your, your uh, uh, movie. And that would be when I made straight movies, I found this tool. So here's the other thing that you may find out if you're losing a larger file, your audio could be because you need to put your setting as, as mono. So does anyone have any questions about file sizes and types of files at this point they wanted to ask? Lorna, there no. were a couple of questions. Sorry, Kim. Okay. There were a couple of questions related to um, optimizing screencasts for posting at YouTube. Is that what you were describing in your your last example there? Could you talk about that? Right. I'm going to go through that in a minute when I go through the different slides. But that's the point I've been trying to make from the very beginning. You have to make sure that your resolution is, is high enough to do the clarity. And that depends on your tool. And um, specifically working about YouTube. I'm going to address that in a minute when we walk through YouTube. But thanks for the question. <laughs> Is there another one that I can keep in the back of my mind? Was there another one, Peggy? Um, people are asking about the BizFall format for YouTube. Okay. I'm going to move off of this desktop sharing for quick time and go to some of the different sites then, okay? This just takes a minute before it recognizes which windows I have open. And Lorna, while you're waiting, when you upload to uh, YouTube, does, do you have to have it converted to a certain file, or does it do it itself? YouTube will take both uh, movies and uh, flash files to uh, upload. So, uh, okay, Kim, I don't know why it's not giving me um, Safari. I had it a few minutes ago, so I don't know whether I have to close some windows to make this happen. I was a little concerned about this because I have a lot of windows open. I'll try it again, see what it does. Okay, we're just we're, we're waiting for Illuminate to um, give me access to desktop sharing for the, the these applications. 
So what do you think it could be, Kim, that it doesn't work? Um, you had whatever you're trying to switch to open and active, and then yes, activate the desktop share? Okay. You might want to try exiting it and going and trying it again. Oh, there's one chirp here. It says expand all. Still not showing to me. Okay, we're going to close it down. Okay. This is one of those moments things aren't working. Big pause. Okay. I don't know what else to say on here other than just try changing a slide and see what happens back and forth. There we go. Starting to take it. Can you see my desktop? Not at the moment. Okay, just let it hold up because I see something happening here. The um, one thing I didn't think about talking about screencasting is that the recording of our shows actually can be treated as a, a screencast um, because it's demonstrating a lot of things that were going on. So, and we we upload those at our website. So all of that, the recording, and now the closed captioning feature shows up. And some people commented about uh, using closed captioning at YouTube. Okay, I have. I can see the desktop being taken over. Can yes, you see it okay. now? Okay. We sure can. Good. Good. So I knew we had it before, and we're all ready to go here. Uh, again, this was an example of just using a tutorial, and that we have them on the website. One is uh, about using Feed Reader, and the other one is taking a quick tour. Now, I do have a, a website, classroomblogging.com. And this particular example, I've used a flash player, and the file size is quite large. Uh, again, I chose a resolution when I was creating this uh, screencast, so that's the clarity that you can actually see uh, on this uh, screencast. But it was a QuickTime movie converted to flash, and I have a um, blog, classroom blogging.com and I use this particular website as a blog and I use it as a repository for the different videos that I create. Um, I'm not trying to plug a specific company but I do work with DreamHost and the reason I work with DreamHost is because um, unlimited websites and unlimited file size and bandwidth grows. Uh, month by month for you. So I don't have to worry about how big the file is and I don't have to worry about the bandwidth. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice for a second. So this is particularly good. Um, even when I'm in another site, um, I can use um, a hyperlink to wherever I've used the different files. So when we go back to looking at um, some of the uh, screencasts I have in different sites, I've been storing it on one of the domains. Um, and I look at it this way. There is a cost to this particular hosting package, but I'm not restricted to file size, and I'm not restricted to whether it was data or not that 
I would lose opportunities and contact with my site. So I find this a really good solution when I'm making what I call, I like to think they're professional, but you know that's up to everyone's interpretation, but I happen to really like that solution. Here's an example of uh, Blip TV in which I have, again, I use a, um, a Flash uh, file, and I happen to like staying with Flash because it is pretty much cross-platform, and so the PC users and the uh, Mac users and Linux can all put on that player and uh, see the videos, and the file size tend to be smaller when they're um, converted to a flash file and compressed. So I want to know if you can actually see this happen. I'm using the player with Blip TV on the presentation. It was the teaser that Matt Montaigne and I did um, for our... Uh, Were you able to hear and see that play, Kim? Yes, you were. It was a little, uh, the sound was soft, but we could hear that there was audio on here. Okay. This is an example of Keynote doing its, uh, as a, the Mac version of PowerPoint or one presentation software. And we were actually at, able to um, collaborate online because Matt is in Palo Alto, California. We took our audio clips and put them together with the slideshow and put together this presentation using Keynote. And then the file was converted to a flash file and uploaded on Blip TV. And uh, I happen to like Blip TV over YouTube. I find the uh, resolution, the presentation of the materials better than I do on uh, YouTube, personal preference. YouTube now has the ability to put uh, uh, higher resolutions, the HQ, um, the high definition format, so that's a little better and presented the information. Again, this is my particular favorite. I'm going to move on to the next one. This is another opportunity when I actually use this in the classroom is that I find that if I go into a classroom and there's no LCD projector and, and there's no smart board, white, whatever to use, and that happens, happens in a classroom, um, I still want to be able to des demonstrate my desktop. So I actually use this presentation here. Again, it's my favorite keynote, but you could use PowerPoint to do the same thing. And I put together a series of slides that every one of my students was able to put on the screen, and they clicked on it, it walked through the different slides. So I was able actually be able to do stand in the classroom, go to the next page, and here's what I want you to do, and clear, clear, clear. Um, the same thing you could easily done on a, a Google presentation. If you can put it up and, and walk through the slides, it's just, a, to me, was a really good way to present information when I was limited in the kinds of tools that I had. That's another use. Let's go to the next one. Here's kind of a fun thing that uh, I did a while ago, and I used my screen capture recording software, and um, a use stream session was running with the chat function all going, and I was able to record that action. So it was another way of taking a, a produced piece of what I call um, a live webcast, 
uh, screen capture it and still use the experience that happened at that particular time. Again, you're actually seeing me use Get TV again. Um, I want to talk about embedding and, and flash files for a minute because some of you might be using um, blogs and want to post the, your uh, screencast in this particular environment. And one of the reasons I suggest that is, is um, again, I'm using WordPress here. You can use WordPress.com. You can use another uh, blogging software, uh, Blogger itself. They're free. And so that you have the opportunity to have your web presence and still present your screencast without having to be involved in uh, a static website in which you have to use um, something like Dreamweaver to present it. But I thought if I could take a second and just show you what this looks like and how you can use it. This is a post uh, in WordPress um, ready to write uh, the content. And in this particular post, I'm using, I will demonstrate how you would use the Flash uh, player in this blog post to post your screencast. And what you have to do is you have to uh, give it a title and save it. And when you've done this, this FLV button will show up, insert a Flash video. And tell me something, Kim, am I going too fast on the uh, desktop sharing, or can you see it all right? Um, if I stretch my window I open, I can see some of it. Okay, so I need to slow it down then so it actually... Uh, right now all I'm seeing is just the embedded movie screen. Okay, which is exactly where I want you to be. And I'm going to click okay. on this, uh, the, the flash video uh, button. And here's how you... Okay. Would would, would just insert your flash file. We're not embedding, we're just inserting the flash file. I just want you to see, you would have to have posted, uploaded your file on a web server to do this, which is not free, but again, the result is successful. You can upload um, your video just like you would an image from your computer, and it stores it in your WordPress gallery. Okay, which is good, but sometimes there's a file restriction size on that, and that's why I opt not to do that piece, but if it's a small file, um, you can do that, and I really thank you, Kim. Please keep on um, interjecting, because this is very helpful. I'm, I may be missing things as I talk, and if you're hearing questions or want me to stop again, please do that. But here's how you would put in the flash file, <clears throat> put in the URL, and Put in the size that you want to display. And you walk through and they ask you if you want to start playing automatically, and you can say OK. And so you would get this piece of code showing up for you. And when you publish this, it would actually give you the, the flash embedded into your um, blog post. The other particular one, I'm going to erase this, that most people do is the embed uh, function. I'm going to go to our K-12 online presentation. And I'm, not, I'm going to go back to a Blip TV presentation. Again, I'll wait for the screen to catch up with me. In the bottom of your um, player in Blip, there's a funny little uh, icon here, which you'll 
pop up the screen and give you what we call the embed code. You can email it, but we're looking for the embed code, which is a piece of uh, HTML language. If you copy that code and go back to my blog post here, and I copy and paste that, get a funny little piece of code. I'm going to save it. And once it's saved, I'm going to publish it. It's just taking a second to load up. And I didn't change the file size here. The player is going over the sidebar of my blog, but that gives you a very quick idea how you can take the embed code from all the uh, Google, um, YouTube, um, Vimeo, Viddler. There's all kinds of different uh, free software uh, hosting platforms that you can use to embed your movies into uh, your blog post. Just quickly going through some of the things that I wanted to tell you. I don't think someone asked about um, YouTube and what files are best. Is that? I think that was right, if I remember. Um, right. What kind of file formats um, are required, or does YouTube allow? I think I said before the uh, QuickTime Movie, the Flash. I don't know the whole list, but um, when you actually have your um, account with YouTube and you go to upload, same with Blip TV, they will walk you through that process of which um, file formats are the um, that you can use. And I go back to the higher resolution that you make your original screencast, the clearer it's going to be on the screen. And you know, and you have to you know balance this out. If you have um, been able to create a, uh, a screencast with your free software and you need to go and post it on YouTube, so that you can embed it later, then you may have to um, uh, compromise some of that clarity to you know, use the tools that you have available for you. I want to talk about some of the, the uses of um, the screencasts. Remember, I talked about where you're going to put them. I just demonstrated how to use the blog and, and the embed code and use a flash video. I know I wanted to talk about uh, Sue Palmer, who's iPod uh, educator. At, she has a Ning network going about using screencasts. And Sue has a website called uh, Mastery Maze. And I, I came across uh, Sue's site. And she has an excellent yeah, example. Sorry. Sue is in here. She doesn't have a microphone. Oh, good. But Sue is in here today. But she doesn't have her microphone. No. no okay. She, she can join us in the chat. Okay. So, so it's too bad we don't have a microphone, Sue, because I was really excited about what I saw and the kinds of things that Sue's been able to do. And she's used a mute Moodle um, install for her classroom. And she's using that to, to demonstrate to them um, what she's done and the opportunities they have as students to use their Moodle. I did not open a Moodle site that I have, but I'm going to let it play for a second. 
welcome to the MasterCast chat. It's been a while since I've um, had an episode. I've been crazy busy, and I just thought I'd share uh, a little bit of a, uh, my most recent project with you. I created a Moodle uh, that I call the Global Lab, and um, the video that you'll see in a second sort of explains it pretty well. But the basics are, it's used to, I, I rolled it out of the spring semester um, to help students who are at risk of uh, failing the Global 10 New York State Regents exam. And so this online space is designed to help them. In the fall, I had used it with students who had actually failed the uh, global exam. And some of them had failed it uh, three times, and or sorry, two times. And uh, we're taking it for the third time in January. And of the eight students that I had, all the two of them did pass. So check it out. So heavy. I don't know whether you're able to pick up the sound, but I was looking at the, the time here. And I don't think we have the opportunity to play through all of uh, Sue's um, presentation here, but I, I really thought it was important that in the concept of using the screencasting, she was able to engage her students in a different way where they listened to what was going on and they were participants, very much like making their own um, movies, but it was the opportunity to engage and use this software application to really maximize on the use of your screencasts. So that was about Sue. No, I think that's pretty much it for the desktop sharing. Was there any questions before I move out of the desktop sharing? Which is probably too bad because I just shut down my Windows on Safari. So I'm going to come off. <laughs> okay, we're back to. If you'd like to session. ask a question, uh, you can type it in the chat or you can raise your hand and we'll um, give you the microphone if your microphone is enabled on your computer. Before we go to the um, to the web tour, and I've also put in the link to the share tab, which has uh, Sue Palmer's site that page that we were just showing, as well as um, uh, links to applications, uh, paid and free sites, and some examples of screencasts in our share tabs link. And someone just asked, is it possible to embed Vimeo or Vimeo videos in Google Sites? Lorna. Well, you know what? I haven't used it, but let's go through the principle here. If you have the opportunity to put an embed code, um, you can take your whatever it is that you posted at and take your embed code and put it into, we said a blog post, but you know, Peggy's used Google Docs more than I have. Are you able to put embed code into the Google Sites, Peggy? So she says she had problems. There you go. There's your answer. I've had problems oh, embedding okay. videos on Google Sites, except for Google and YouTube. So there we go. Sue's also answering that question. It only takes embed from YouTube or Google. Okay. Well, that's good to know. There's some more questions going on in the in the chat room, but I I think I've covered a lot uh, for people to absorb, and uh, I'd like you to take it from there, Kim. Okay. One of the sites that I know of is. Um, Twiggle, I'm not sure how you how you actually pronounce it, but you can upload um, like YouTube if YouTube's blocked, uh, 
you can upload the different um, videos to that to their site, and I'm putting it in the chat. Um, and somebody mentioned that it's private, so you don't have to worry about like if you host put something about students or student work, uh, you can upload it to Fligo and it's free. There's no limit, I don't believe, on the file size or however many you host, but it's private and then um, you know not everybody would have access to it. So it would be secure if you wanted to use that with students. I just remembered something, Kim, that I hadn't discussed. That what I discovered last night, and you showed me, it's Flowgram. And I want to oh, leave yeah. that with everybody. Kim, can you talk about Flowgram for a second? Because it's an excellent piece to leave people with. Sure. Um, Flowgram is a site that's free. Um, I don't believe there's a file size. And I know in the chat I've seen some things mentioned about Flowgram. Um, it's, you can use it for screencasting, or you can upload a PowerPoint and record your narration. Um, you can, it has different effects that you can put in in transitions, and I believe it has a zoom in effect, I'm not certain. But you can use it for screencasting similar to the, um, to the program, and it's all stored online and you upload it online. It's real easy and simple to use. I've used it. It's great. So we all, I believe we have that in our share tabs link too. So you may want to experiment with that as well. And we have, uh, Peggy just mentioned, we have some great flowgram examples in our web, in our share tabs. So make sure that you check that out as well. Next week is April 11th, and um, we're going to be talking about NEC Unplugged. And NEC is the um, National Educators of Computers Conference. And that will be held this June. But we're going to be talking about NEC Live the EduBloggerCon conference uh, the day before that's free to uh, attend the EduBloggers. And there's a lot of great discussion about blogging, and not just blogging, but all aspects of technology tools. And it's a great gathering to learn and share ideas. And we will have next week Steve Hargadant and Wes Fryer on the show talking about and planning this session. So. Um, if you'd like to contribute or get in on the ground floor of the planning of that day and how the conversations will be structured, please join us next week at the same time, 11 a.m. Uh, Central, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, for those great conversations in the planning session. Kim, can I interrupt you for a second? Sure thing. I forgot about something, and I have Matt in the chat room, so if people would mind holding off for a second. I, I would love to have Matt come to the microphone and talk about how we use VoiceThread to do a screencast. It was a lot of fun, and I think he might have something to add. Would you mind if we took a second? No, go right ahead. Let me. Uh... So Matt, can you see if we give Matt the microphone? Where there are you, go. Matt? There you go. Uh, Lorna, how you doing? Um, I'm, I'm kind of not quite ready, but, but I don't know if you can hear me. <laughs> I can. Okay, okay. Um, so my headphones, I don't have headphones, so sorry if there's echoing. So, um, yeah, great so, presentation, so Lorna. Yeah, and I just want to say for me, uh, for what I do, screencasting has been invaluable because I've been able to you know, just provide support resources 
to folks and kind of be there, be there to help people without actually being there to help people. So it's it's been a great resource. And yes, the uh, working collaboratively on the um, uh, the um, parents as partners K twelve online presentation that we did last fall, um, extremely extremely um, helpful uh, with that process as well. I think what was exciting for me, Matt, is that you know he led me through, you know, pulling pieces of pictures, um, our conversations. We put our audio together, and where I where I argue with anyone says it's not a screencast is because uh, Matt, with his um, license with VoiceThread, actually converted it to a movie, put it in M4V, right, Matt, and then we hosted it as an embed file for people to take over. So it was another opportunity for people to use. If they only have uh, one for one, um, I stopped myself. If you have a paid uh, license with VoiceThread, you have the ability to export into to movies. So there's all kinds of different options available. But we did have a lot of fun. And I did want to capitalize on the fact that Matt was in the, in the chat room. I'm sorry I uh, surprised you and made you wake up on Saturday morning, but it, it was lots of fun. It was a very easy and good tool to use, especially when you want to doodle on it or actually uh, write on it. There's some great opportunities. But yes, I'm going on, and there's all kinds of great things in the share tabs to investigate. So I will turn it back to Kim and let her walk through our um, parting words. Thanks very much. Great. Thanks, Matt, for sharing. Also, I'm putting in the link to the uh, Illuminate survey. You can click uh, right up there on the screen. And I've also put it in the chat. So um, please fill that out and give feedback to Illuminate for um, allowing us to use this form. And our founder, Steve Hargadon, um, also created the Future of Education, another Ming site, uh, to talk about sharing uh, trends and, and issues in education. And on um, coming up this week, since I can get to the slide, uh, there's going to be a session on student and teacher authentic contributions, the long tail in education. And Karen Greenwood Hinkey and Ruth Renyard and Jim Bagley with his daughter Sarah will be joining together to discuss um, the contributions on April the 9th, this coming Thursday, at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Savings Time. And that will be an Illuminate, and emails and a link can be found um, through the Future of Education site. So be sure to check that out and watch your email for the links. And we would like to extend special thanks to our presenter, Lorna, who is part of our uh, Classroom 2.0 Live team, and to Steve Harkinon, who is the founder of Classroom 2.0 and the Future of Education. And we thank you so much to everybody who participated today um, and joined in the conversations. And thank you for sharing your links and bringing in your ideas and asking questions and really making this an interactive chat today. And we thank Illuminate for providing this forum and the great tools that we can get together each week and share and learn. Um, and interact with one another. And it will be great when we can start using Line Central and the Illuminate there as well as somebody mentioned in the chat today. Um, but tune in next week when we talk about the next, the EduBloggerCon the day before next starts this coming June. And we hope you have a great day. And 
continue to share uh, your experiences using share uh, screencasting. When we post the links, there is a place that you can enter comments on the blog post at our live2.0.com website. And we hope that you have a great day. Thank you so much for coming today, everybody. Paul, did you have a question that you wanted to share or ask, Paul? And yes, thank you, Tammy. You did a great job with the closed captioning. I appreciate that.